0: Welcome to New York Institute of Technology's podcast, The Scope, produced by the College of Osteopathic Medicine. Our episodes focus on the medical school experience and how it helps shape future physicians. Learn about exciting new health and wellness initiatives, cutting-edge medical research and technology, and how to effectively navigate medical school. We are excited to have you join us. Good afternoon and welcome to the SCOPE podcast. Today we are joined by senior leadership of NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine who will discuss how the unexpected changes resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic have directly affected medical education and also how educators can use these recent experiences and lessons learned to positively impact medical education moving forward. Please welcome our guest panelists, Long Island, New York Campus Dean, Dr. Nicole Wadsworth, Jonesboro, Arkansas Campus Dean, Dr. Shane Spites, and Dean of NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine and Vice President for Health Sciences and Medical Affairs, Dr. Jerry Ballantyne. And I am your host for today, Susan Payette. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Clearly in the past few months, there have been a great deal of unexpected and rapid changes, many of which have greatly affected medical education. And for this reason, we truly appreciate your joining us today to discuss your insights and perceptions regarding these events. I'd like to start with you, Dr. Ballantyne. In your opinion, what are some of the lessons learned resulting from the past few months that you believe will affect medical education moving forward?
1: Thanks, Susan. I think the first thing to point out is that we really will not be sure. Partially because the semester is only restarting now, and partially because we'll have to look at outcomes. So what will these adjustments really mean for our students uh, short-term on their board exams and long terms as practicing for sessions? Some lessons we've learned over the last four months. One of them is that if you're forced to, you can actually make changes quite rapidly. Let me give you an example. Our academic healthcare center went to telemedicine within two weeks, something that if I would have proposed that six months ago, would have been told it's probably a two, three-year process. We changed many aspects of our curriculum quickly and went online immediately, basically during our spring break. Some practical things we learned is one that certain small group meetings actually function much better or just as well online. Partially because we see all our students in front of ourselves on a screen, so nobody kind of fades away, everybody gets called on. And partially these students just react better to that medium, they're so used to it. We've also learned that other things do need some in-person contact, certain technical skills that we're teaching our students doing physical diagnosis, and some of it we will really not know just as I started out until we see the outcome, what they've really learned one of my concerns along those lines is professionalism as we're moving apart and we're not together as much will they really learn from the faculty and each other what professional behavior should look like how do you get integrated into our profession so those are some of the early lessons learned and some of the concerns about what the future might bring or how this will move forward
0: thank you dr valentine and i'd like to ask dr wadsworth and dr speitz In regard to curriculum, do you feel that there will be additional modifications that will continue from now forward? And do you also feel there are any specifics such as telemedicine that will have a greater focus as we move forward?
2: So thanks, Susan. Great question. I do think the one area we'll see significant change and continual uh, changes because of the current environment and the future is in clinical education. We've certainly seen that as a challenge just in the routine day-to-day experiences of a medical student and an institution of medical education, but the pandemic has really forced us, if you will, to think about clinical education differently And some of those changes, in my opinion, are going to be very positive as we move forward. Creating an environment where students can be engaged with learning in a different way that perhaps enhances their experiences in the clinical environment. Now this represents a very rapid shift from years and years of historical training, which I think we as educators are challenged with. I do see clinical education changing for the better with a bigger focus on student learning, particular skills and didactic or book learning, if you will. You mentioned telemedicine. I certainly think that will continue to adapt and change and we'll incorporate more of that into clinical education. As a broad perspective, I think helping our learners be flexible and that's something that we had a sense was important but I think it's much more in our forebrains and we will continue to encourage the students and help them be flexible learners.
0: Thank you, Dr. Wadsworth. And Dr. Spites, I'd like to know if you would like to add your perspectives to this question.
3: Absolutely, thank you, Susan. I, first of all, I'm gonna echo everything that Dr. Wadsworth just said. I think she was spot on in, in all of her comments. And I'd like to kind of expand upon a couple of pieces, specifically the telemedicine piece in one of my former experiences, I had the opportunity to work with large numbers of physicians and we tried to launch telemedicine programs unsuccessfully. And it wasn't uh, from a lack of eagerness on the side of the patients. It was more of a really familiarity on the side of the physician. And so now here we have an opportunity to start really at the ground level of undergraduate medical education to incorporate the telemedicine pieces into the curriculum. And really this pandemic, if anything, has shown how vital that is clinics and hospitals across the country had to rapidly shift to be able to protect their faculty and staff and their physicians uh, by using telemedicine. So here we have the opportunity, and we actually did this before the pandemic started, to be able to put telemedicine into the curriculum so that our students graduate with that skill set, to be able to interact, to be able to do histories and even some levels of the physical exam by telemedicine. So, I think that's going to be a piece certainly that's going to not only continue but expand in terms of, of our curriculum. I think, in terms of really what we are doing on each campus in terms of how we touch the community. I think, if anything, this pandemic has shown us how vital those connections are, how our students do outreach. In the middle of a pandemic, how do you do that? Well, there's a lot of needs and a lot of that just is based on education. A lot of misinformation being circulated amongst the social media and the media and it's certainly our job as an academic institution to help dispel a lot of those myths. So I I think there's a lot of opportunities there for our students, certainly within the curricular pieces, even extracurricular.
0: I think I would like to ask you, Dr. Ballantyne, in this new world of medicine and medical education, how do you best think medical students can prepare for successful outcomes? Dr. Wadsworth had indicated flexibility is going to be something more in the forefront of the educational process. What would you offer students in regard to that for advice?
1: Yeah, I I think in many ways, the same advice I would have given a year ago still holds true, although it's uh, probably much more important. So number one is resilience, right? You need to just say, this is something I'm going to get through. And together with resilience, a little bit of patience realizing that some of this is changing, some of it will be different tomorrow than it is today. In addition, just embracing the change to say, okay, you know, this is how it's going to be. There will be maybe less clinical exposure for a while. Or yes, it's uncomfortable to wear my PPE equipment all day long and it's hard. And how do I learn to examine patients? And adjusting to things such as Zoom. One of the examples would be that we are training all our students on how to best behave on the Zoom platform, on the telemedicine platform. It's different, especially if they are at home. What does your background look like? Uh, What do you look like? Uh, We've seen some students really struggle with the concept of this new technology, although in many ways, we're always saying they're so used to it. So I think resilience is important and adding to that the patience and the understanding that there will be Constant changes. And also, the message I sent to everyone the post pandemic world will not look like the pre pandemic world. There'll be a modified world, whether that's medical education, whether that's medical care, or healthcare in general.
0: Thank you. As leaders in medical education, what advice would you offer undergraduate students? or younger people, maybe even in high school, that are considering a career in medicine. Dr. Wadsworth?
2: So the advice that I would uh, provide to any students considering medicine or even healthcare in general is that it is, like many things, a rapidly changing environment. And that what things look like today probably will be vastly different by the time they reach the middle or end end of their medical education. And so the more they can adapt, and as Dr. Ballantyne mentioned, embrace change, the better they'll fit into the environment. I anticipate that things will only continue to change rapidly and because of the ability to pivot as quickly as we've watched healthcare institutions pivot, educational institutions pivot, I expect that will come even faster. And building up the skills to manage change for yourself and to accept it will be great skills to have moving forward. The other, again, this is again change, but being able to predict exactly what it looks like is going to be difficult. But the one prediction I think we can make is it's gonna look different on a regular basis that would be my best advice. If there's a single thing, embrace the change and things are going to be different than what they seem like they are today.
0: Thank you. And Dr. Spikes, would you like to comment?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I think for anyone that's considering entering the healthcare field, specifically the field of medicine as a physician, I think they need to realize, as Dr. Wadsworth and Valentine have mentioned, so much has changed and will change. And what I mean by that is Years and years ago, you think about being a physician, you envisioned yourself in a clinic or you envisioned yourself in a hospital or an emergency room. And really gone are those days because the opportunities now that exist for physicians are so vast. You could be sitting in a house in Montana seeing a patient in Florida because of this, or you could be reading chest X-rays or CT scans of the head in Virginia on a patient in Texas. And so really, the opportunities that exist for physicians of the future have just opened up immensely. And they were really on the verge of doing that prior to this pandemic, but this has really accelerated that move. And so when you think about the physician of tomorrow and really the uh, the individuals that we have to train for that next physician workforce, uh, it's almost the sky's the limit in terms of what that practice looks like for the individual physician. So the opportunities are just almost unlimited.
0: Thank you. Clearly, We're in an environment that requires flexibility. There is going to be rapid change. So for the medical student that may be having some difficulties with that right now, because change can cause anxiety even under the best conditions, what type of advice would you give? Is there a particular place that students should go to address these issues? And Dr. Bellantone, I would like you to speak on this, please.
1: So I think first there's a place to go in your mind and uh, in your heart. We all went into medicine because we want to help people. And what better time to help people than right now? I mean, what better time to be in medicine than to stem a pandemic? What better time to be working in an ER when people really need us more than ever? So I think first thing to do is to go in your mind and in your heart to the point where, wow, Aren't we lucky that we're here? Because everybody really needs us and we can do more good than we could have ever imagined. But with that, obviously, also comes the fear. You know, I'm going to be here. Will I get it? What happens to me? Will I bring it home? What will my education look like? I don't think I'm getting good education. What should it look like? So at the same time, all medical schools need to make services available that help our students. So I, I can only speak for us right now. We have counselors available that do everything. We have counselors available to help academically. How do I study better? How do I get wrap my mind about all this material I need to know? And we have counselors available who deal with you when it comes to mental health, uh, to anxiety, to depression, uh, and anything else. In addition, we formed the Center for Behavioral Health, which really helps us not only focus on the subject matter, but also do some research on it just have an organized approach for all of our students when it comes to mental health issues, not just students, also faculty and staff, because we also have to understand, yes, it's student-centric, but I need my faculty to be just as well-adjusted, just as excited about still teaching as our students.
0: Thank you, Dr. Valentine. It's clear from our conversation today that upcoming medical students and current medical students will face unique challenges moving forward. Dr. Wadsworth, can you tell me your opinions in regard to the acceptance process for medical school moving forward and how you think that may change due to the past several months?
2: Absolutely. As many things as we are presented with challenges, I think there are opportunities as part of that. And one of the current challenges that we're looking at are those students who want to come to medical school and having access to take the MCAT, which historically has just been part and parcel of what you did if you want to go to medical school, but because of certain challenges, students haven't been able to do that. And so institutions are talking about this broadly on how to approach students who may or may not have taken the MCAT or even had pass-fail grades in the place of letter grades in some critical coursework, like biochemistry or organic chemistry. And so we as an institution have the opportunity now to really look at our admissions approach. And can we look at candidates in a more holistic way, including those sort of metrics, but other things that uh, candidates bring to their application that makes them unique, and ultimately have the skills and ability to be an excellent medical student and ultimately resident and practicing physician. So even with these current challenges, I think there are a lot of opportunities to look at our internal approaches, and this is one of them.
0: Thank you, Dr. Wadsworth. And Dr. Spites, in regard to unique challenges that our current medical students will now face, can you give us your perspectives?
3: You know, across the board, this pandemic has been anxiety provoking at multiple levels. I want this to go out for sure that we feel for that uh, for our students. We realize that the rapid shifts, certainly for our students that are trying to take national board exams to have dates moved or shifted or canceled, we recognize how frustrating that can be. Obviously, as those issues become resolved and we have a better path forward, we think that that won't be something that creates so much anxiety. However, I do want to pick up on something that Dr. Wadsworth mentioned earlier, and that was the opportunity. And as we are looking forward now to our next group of students who are looking forward to graduation, they're now in the process, or about to enter the process of interviewing for residency. Well, typically that process involved flying all over the country to multiple states and interviewing and working with different programs and meeting program directors and different residents within those programs and trying to make a good impression. Well, now as the national pandemic, a global pandemic, that's not possible. And so these students now are going to be um, engaged in virtual interviews and virtual rotations of different scenarios within these residency programs. That's completely new for everybody. It's new for the programs, it's new for the students, it's new for us, but it also represents an opportunity. It represents an opportunity for our students to be able to get in front of programs at a larger volume than they otherwise might not be able to. Because prior to that, they were restricted. It's expensive to get on a plane and to travel to multiple states, and it's expensive to stay in hotels and to make those trips. And now you can do it through a virtual mechanism. And so we feel that that's actually going to create more opportunity for our students to be able to get in front of more programs that otherwise they might be limited to seeing just because of the financial or economic burden. We believe strongly that our students are very well qualified and should be able to have the pick of any residency they want to go into. We just need to get them in front of those program directors and those faculty of the programs to be able to show off, so to speak. We're actually kind of looking forward to that uh, this fall as we enter into this kind of new world of virtual interviews for students as they enter into their residency. Thank you, Dr. Spites.
0: At this time, I would like to thank our guests for sharing their insights, experiences, and perspectives with our listeners. Our discussion today highlights that with collaborative teamwork, proactive, knowledgeable educators, flexibility, creativity, and a firm commitment to the success of medical students, NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine continues to be a leading example for outstanding medical education, both throughout the pandemic and moving forward. The leadership of NYITCOM looks forward to bringing forth an even brighter, exciting educational future for its medical students. Thank you for joining us today.